ברוך השם, you're a bad Jew. שלום. Welcome to the Bad Jew Podcast, where we talk about how it is okay to be in the middle of your journey that you are not a bad Jew. With me today is Rabbi Jack and Shira Malol. Rabbi Jack and Shira, welcome to the podcast. We are Thank so you. happy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Thank you for no, the best host. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. And that's very kind of you to say. Thank you. Uh, no, so I'm super grateful that you two are here. We're here on the Bad Jew Podcast to talk about why men suck at dating. This is actually a two-part episode, our very first two-part episode, of strictly about dating. A little bit of context here. Rabbi Jack and Shira have been the host of Aishlit. I've been going to their programs. They were the ones that took me on the Israel trip that changed my life. And one of the major areas of focus that they are really good at is talking about Jewish dating. And so with that, it only felt appropriate to bring them onto the podcast to talk to, to talk to us about why men and women suck at dating. This is part one. Why do men suck at dating? But before we answer that question, I'm going to give Rabbi Jack the bad Jew challenge, which is to tell your life story in four minutes. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. All right. Well, I, I like, I, I appreciate the, the, the <laughs> humbleness behind that. Ready and go. Okay. Four minutes. Go. Okay. So uh, I'm from England born in Manchester, UK, uh, grew up in a religious Jewish family. I'm one of eight, second youngest of my family. After I finished school, I went to a Talmudical college called Yeshiva, and I spent a lot of time studying there. I eventually, I went to uh, Israel, lived there for another seven years, and then st kept studying Torah and Talmud, uh, then met my amazing wife, which is where my second life started my real life started we built a family we we have five beautiful children we got married in israel in 2009 it's been 13 just been our anniversary 13 years That's right uh, we have now five children we lived in after we were in israel we moved to oregon to take on a position a rabbinical position over there created an organization at the university of oregon for young uh, Jewish college students uh, that live in uh, Eugene, Oregon, that were staying there, living there in the college town that it is. And then we moved to uh, LA five years later, you know, a few kids later also, we felt like it's really important to get them a good Jewish education. So we moved to LA and we run a young professionals organization called Aishlit. Yep, that's it. And we are here. It's amazing. It's been an amazing five years that we've now been living here. Ten years altogether in America. It's been an amazing journey. All I can say is that we're very thankful that this is our job to work with people and to connect to people, to connect with people like Chaz. You make it all worth it for us. So that's two minutes. Which Anything else you want to, you got, you got two more minutes. You can tell okay. more of your life. Oh, wow. <laughs> Or if that's uh, everything. so fast. I don't know. He did it so well. Yeah, that was that was impressive. <laughs> 2009, we got married. So, you know, um, I was very young when I got married, especially within our community. That's how it's uh, that's how it's done. Uh, so I was actually 23 when we got married. Wow. I was 21. And uh, that's how I'm still young. 13 years after marriage. 
Um, but we have our oldest child is, is already 12. Bat Mitzvah, Shira, what do you think of that? Pretty crazy. Insane. <laughs> they Wait, grow I, so fast. Our kids, I can't uh, believe I've never asked this question. Rabbi, how old are you? 36. Oh my God. Wait, I didn't know that. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I thought, that, like, what did you think? I don't know. Somehow that like, you know, it's funny because I've had such human experiences with you both. And in my head, that makes you somehow more human. And I don't know why. Like, it's such, it's such a silly thing to say out loud. But yeah, I've never like computed that you're actually just 36 years young. That's incredible. Yep. So 36 years old. And uh, like I said, uh, 13 years married, thank God. And it feels like it's a different, you know, they say that when you get married, it's like you're, you're reborn. So it, it really does, looking backwards, feel that way. It's like a different life. Uh, well, I think that's on par uh, with today's discussion. You told your life story in three minutes and 40 seconds. That was, uh, that was pretty impressive. Great job, Rabbi. Did a great the job. The problem is my life story is more or less Shira's life story. So, uh, <laughs> you know, once you get married at 2021. 20, it's right. a joint journey. So. It's a joint, right. joint <laughs> so. journey. But we'll be hearing Shira's life story in part two on why women suck at dating. For okay. part one, for why do men suck at dating? Rabbi, I have to ask you the question, why do men suck at dating? First, I'd like to, I'd like to say that it's hard for me to say that men suck at dating, especially if we label it that way, then the approach, at least for girls to all men is like, they all suck. They're all, and that's a shame because when someone good comes your way, you might turn away from him. So, but, and, and but the there are is, a lot of bad guys. There are a lot of guys that suck at dating. There really are. But you know, there's a, there's a, a, a tremendous amount of guys that are married <clears> and, and they dated and they, you know, you exist and that, and that existence comes because of your amazing dad and that's true and, but it, and your it, mom and it takes two to make a beautiful relationship. So I definitely think that, you know, uh, we, we have to tone down a little bit on, on labeling, you know, men as a whole as sucking and dating. In fact, I think in some ways it's very difficult for men to date and we could talk about that, you know, well, uh, it's very hard on men to date. Do you it's, think that? Uh, do you think that just because they're married, that means that they were good at dating? Um, well, they got somewhere, you know, <laughs> they obviously did. they succeeded in their dating. They made progress. They, well, they succeeded if she said yes. So isn't that called a success? That, the question that, is, is, that is a success. Yeah. Right. So the, for me, a <clears throat> proof that dating is successful is if they get married. And, right. Um, because the goal of if you look at dating and this needs to be a big part of our discussion. Yeah. Is dating just to date or is it for intention of eventually getting married? And, and I believe and Judaism believes and we've and that's a value that we stand very strongly with that dating to date is is a, a sad situation. It's something that it must not be a person must have a goal in end, just like somebody who has money doesn't believe that you should have money hanging on the wall, but you, the money's actually made to be a transient thing. It's meant to be used for something. So, yeah. so, so to dating, dating has a goal in mind, which is eventually to come to an absolute bond between a couple, not just so, you know, we, we live in the same, we share the same house, we share the same place, we share the, it's an absolute bondage where I make this complete commitment to you that you are my soul mate, not just my body mate, or you are not just my friend. We're not just boyfriend, girlfriend. We are absolutely committed lifetime together. 
That's a very yeah. strong statement. And and doing that has a whole different ball game in the relationship itself. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm tapping into what Rabbi Jack said. I think it's true. I also think it is the time that we live in, you know, our generation. Mm -hmm. So we get used to, and I can tie it into men and women, but mm -hmm. you know, you can maybe hear it from girls complaining about guys a lot, you know, that people are a have a very hard time to commit. They have too many options. You know, this education of the apps and you have so many, you know, you could just swipe right, left. You can decide what you want. Everything is in the tiptoes of your like fingers on your screen makes everything feel so much less valued than it really is. So people look at dating as oh, this doesn't work. She doesn't give me what I want or she's not like a 10 or whatever it is. I am going to move to the next one. There's plenty of people out there. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the it, it's kind of like the mindset and the generation that we live in, the society that we live in, and without values, that is really bad. Because what happens is, I feel like people do get used, mm -hmm. men and women. Mm -hmm. For you know, women can get used because men are not that mature to communicate right to, you know, all these things. And I'll talk about it when it comes to my turn. Uh, yeah, with women. someone said. Yeah. someone said something amazing. Uh, Rav Simcha Cohen a big rabbi in Israel who's also a therapist and a marriage counselor, he said, we're living in a disposable generation. Right, yeah. Dispose what does that mean? What is a disposable generation? Meaning, we, ne we never used to have these things called plastic cups that you use one time. Or paper cups. Or paper cups, <laughs> you know? and then you just throw it out. That never used to be. Like, you had to There play. was no disposables. There's no, like, whatever you have, you keep. If it's broken, you fix it. If it's torn, you saw it. Nowadays, what do we do? Sometimes we just replace it. Right. We, you know? okay. we okay. have, you know, a one time, having a one time cup. Not that it's a, I'm not here to like advocate for against it or for it. I'm just saying that's the reality of the time that we're living in mm -hmm. where things are all disposable. We use it once and throw it out, once and throw it out. So how does that translate subconsciously to the way that we treat relationships like everything can be disposable people can be disposable too it's like oh okay we'll try you out for a while and then let's give someone else a chance but we don't give every you know a fullest way of making something work yes we're gonna have arguments yes we're gonna have differences but we need to m fix it and make it work yeah that, that the part of working on the relationship not just expecting it to go perfect and if it doesn't i'll move to the next person well, every relationship will entail work personal work on yourself as well right. as on making things work well so to speak on you know speaking of arguments it, it's it's kind of interesting that you that i've never heard of this that our generation described as the disposable generation i can kind of see maybe the parallel between uh, the the trash that we get uh from fast food restaurants and how we kind of treat each other sometimes i think that maybe there's a subliminal message there what I'm kind of wondering is, don't you think that in the journey to success, first of all, can we agree that in order to create success, you have to fail? Okay. But I mean, that, that's, that, that's a parallel that I draw between the world of entrepreneurship and the world of dating, right? Mm -hmm. Is breaking up a relationship failing or do you look yeah, at what it do, as... Yeah, what do you um, I think that sometimes define as yeah. failing? That's, that's that a good point. Up? That's a good point. So, I mean, I would, I would imagine, and this is a very black and white way of looking at this. I'm doing this intentionally for the sake of time, but 
if you're the one breaking up with the other person, it's a success. And if you're the one being broken up with, it's a failure. Is that toxic? Is that, is that toxic masculinity? I'm not sure. Is that masculinity? I don't know. Why, I don't know. Why do we have to say that? But it, that might be, but that it, might be, it can be toxic, very toxic. Cause I'm, I'm aware as a, I'm aware as a man, that could be a very two dimensional way of looking at a breakup. Of course. So that's why, I mean, that's why I brought up two sides. Yeah. There's always two sides to it. I can tell you, you know, I've, I've been in a relationship probably with five different girlfriends in my life so far. And I'm in a relationship right now. Wonderful woman named Kelly. And I love Congratulations. her. She's wonderful. I will say that every relationship that I've had up till now, up including now, I should say, has taught me something about myself and about what I need in my life. And it's, it's, it's made me a better dater. It's made me a better boyfriend as time goes on. It's taught me something new about ways that I could have approached certain things. When you're in that position where you get completely blindsided, where you've missed maybe some of the messages and some of the things that your partner was trying to communicate with you. Don't you think that's a failure in a way? One of your very own failures? What Just I feel? totally understand from here is, and yeah. this is something that, you know, we know. So I'll go a bit, I'll take a step back mm -hmm. and hopefully I can tie into that. And if I don't, you know, let me know. Yeah. Um, the way I look at it is everyone, at least, you know, look at it in, in, in the general world, People go to college, they spend a lot of money and a lot of resources and a lot of time to acquire a career, which is very important, right? Mm -hmm. How much of that time goes on learning about yourself, on investing in your own self, your own personal growth, your own... So what I'm hearing from you mm -hmm. is basically a Jewish value that we believe, why to learn about yourself on the expense of others? Why do you need to learn about yourself through relationships that didn't work. How about taking time and investing in yourself, learning about yourself and Judaism has so much. Uh, this is something that we focus a lot, being better, being able to tolerate other people and every mm -hmm. single thing applies to relationship. So when I'm walking into a relationship after I've worked, and again, it's a lifetime of work. I can't say I'm perfect. None of us is perfect. But if I am able to do that before I'm actually starting to date and looking at the outside world, instead of just looking at who is a good fit for me, first I need to know who I am, what okay. I'm like when I'm triggered uh, with anger, what I'm like when I'm, she doesn't do what I want, what am I, you know, all these things, you minimize the problems to very minimum. So what I think there is a lack of focus on values and personal growth, which this is something that's really essential. And we work on that, like in the Jewish, you know, I grew up religious my whole life. And this is something that was taught from very young age. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying just to be kind. What she was that's saying, not what I'm saying. I, I, if, if you, yeah, if you, please add. Yeah. Let me let me see if I understood. Yes, what you're please. saying is personal growth doesn't need to become something that you do on the expense of someone else. Yes, it could be something that you do on your own. And and that's something that you needs to be done on your own, not on the expense of someone else. So because he mentioned that, you know, a lot of people through their relationship, they learn about themselves and they learn what doesn't work for me, what does work for me. But how about if you took the time before that? And that's not judging. I'm just right. saying no, of course, of this course. is just another way of looking at it. And that's the Jewish lens, because mm -hmm. uh, obviously I'll bring that in. How about zooming out, working on yourself? 
literally when it comes to even Jewish learning values, you figure out what's important for you, what's a deal breaker for you, what you can just swing certain behaviors. You're like, okay, if it's not a pattern, it's not something that's worrying. Let's try a different way. You learn about communication. You learn about respecting. Respect is a big thing. The other person, whether you appreciate them or not, but you got to respect everyone. Yeah. So I think this, this is something <clears throat> well, that... There, there is also the aspect of, like, we got married very young, okay? Mm -hmm. So 23, yeah. 21, tremendously young. Do you think we were perfect then? And do you think we're perfect now? No. There's <laughs> no way. But I, looking back in 13 years, yeah, Chaz, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, yeah, to that point, the counter argument to kind of add more nuance to it. I was going to ask you, Rabbi Jack, what have you learned about yourself from Shira and how have you grown? Exactly. So I have grown, which yeah. kind of is, is the other side of the argument, which is right. that you do grow through a relationship that, that definitely does right. happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, and, uh, yeah. and the, the, the reason, so the reason that it works, at least with, within you know, the Jewish faith. And this is something that's very important. Rabbi Noach Weinberg, and we had Dr. David Lieberman come to our house yeah. and say that a person, as long as there's attraction and, you know, there's somewhat a level of health between two people, the relationship can happen. Okay. This might be hard for many people to hear, but as long for almost 90% of people, as long as there's attraction and a willingness to make things work, it can work. It can work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. And and that being said, you know, I do believe that we wouldn't call it a failure, but if if it was channeled in the right way, if it was educated to channel in the right way, a lot of times these relationships that break up could have worked. Right. And one of the things that we did is we got married. So that marriage makes an absolute bond. We're we're gonna fix this. We have to fix this. This is you know, this is a conversation that needs to be made. If we have issues between us, we're going to make them work. And obviously, as a 23-year-old, and you're learning about yourself. You you are two different people coming together from, you know, as we, we were definitely very similar in terms of our upbringing and background and, you know, what we want, but we're still very different. So there's a lot of work that happens in marriage. So to, to go into marriage thinking you have to be perfect prior to going into it is a mistake. So if you're not supposed to get into marriage before being perfect, I think I said that right. Wait, How, say it again? <laughs> it, so let me rephrase that. We'll edit this out. See, I'm going to edit my stuff out too. Um, my question is, how do you know it's time to start seeking marriage when you're in the journey of imperfection? Um, yeah, I know that's a big question. <laughs> no, it's sure I, I can answer it. Yeah, uh, I think that you have to be ready, that you really want it, that you want a long term, serious relationship. Uh, a lot of times, people realize that these uh, transient relationships where they're not absolutely committed, they're not focused, are not working, and they say to themselves, I really want to make this work. Again, no one can be perfect. Uh, before marriage, that is the point of marriage. Point yeah, of marriage. One of the points is to grow together to with someone else. To elevate you and to grow together, and definitely that's that's there. No, yeah. uh, but there is no back to that question. There is no specific guideline that would say like to measure. Oh, when I'm ready, when I'm not. Because really, when people and I have a lot of experience with meeting for the past ten years, women of all ages, 
mostly single. And a lot of the time they say, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for marriage. Because at the beginning they say, I'm not able to find someone. I'm having a very hard time to find the right fit, the right person. And so we start breaking it through and breaking down like the little parts of what is hard. And then we, we literally get to the bottom of it. Sad reality, but you're not ready to get married, <laughs> you know? So you don't want it. Enough. Yeah, you don't. You don't want it enough. You expect everything to be perfect, to work out, for him to respect you, which he should. But just in general, everything just no, nothing to deal with. And just walking into marriage and all glamorous, which should be, but obviously there's work that entails. So sometimes people take it as, I'm just not ready for this. This is not, yeah. in other words, I'm not ready to work on it. Exactly. That's that's what I'm hearing. You have I'm to not really ready to deal it. with it. I'm not even though he could be an amazing guy or amazing girl, but it's like, maybe I can find another easy way out. <laughs> like, why should I have to work? Right. I hear that. Right. And you know, to, to kind of um, relate to the two things that you both just said, you know, the year of 2021 for me uh, was the year marked by a lot of growth time where I really thought, okay, you know what? I'm here. I've made it. I'm back living independently for the first time. And 10 months. I was not, wow. you know, I stopped living with my parents and like, I was like, okay, I'm ready for, for dating in a relationship. Right. This is, this is 2020, this is 2021, uh, okay. summarized till, till now in terms of my, my dating history. Right. And this is why it relates. Right. I got back and in the first month of me moving into my current apartment, I actually in one month had the most dating experience I've ever had in my life, which is like, I had like five wow. different first dates in one month. And by the end of that month, I was exhausted. And I was even kind of borderline, just not not depressed, but just, just emotionally exhausted. I, I realized after that month, like, okay, that was a lot of money I put into a lot of first dates. And I need to now just take some me time because I haven't had a chance to breathe. None of these were successful. And so I just, I, I started to kind of like, okay, be okay with being single. And then um, I met a girl that I thought would be a great, girlfriend and this was a messy situation it was toxic and it was on and off for several months and it was very confusing and mm -hmm. it cost me the quality of some of the friendships that i hold today and it was a very painful experience mm -hmm. and going into 2022 i finally burned that bridge because that was actually the healthiest thing for me to do yeah. and then there was a period of time where i just spent that time uh, you know, intentionally single. I wasn't making any kosher decision when it came to, you know, the Jewish perspective on dating and relationships. Right. But then I realized that I need more than just companionship and intimacy. I think that those are two elements that make for a good relationship, but it's not the complete package. It's kind of like if Ikea sent you a dresser, but forgot to send you the tools to make the dresser. You need the actual thing that puts it all together and that is the long-term sense of love and uh, the, the want and desire to build something with the partner. Is that, is that, am I labeling that third element correctly or is there something else missing in that? Yes, it's the, it's the desire to have not just two people come together right, he said and be that. comfortable, but to take it to the next level, which is to right. have an absolute bondage, love. And uh, to will to, to be willing to, to work. work and the will to, to work, work. Yeah. right to be willing to work and make it work. And that's I think that takes a lot. And sometimes people are. So you mentioned about 
first dates in one month, you know, a lot of times I ask people, when you have that option to go on a date, do you do anything before that? Like, let's say, let's say, okay, I'll go backwards. Yeah. When you have an opportunity to make a really good business deal with someone, not talking about dating right now, talking about, let's say business, or I want to buy a new car, right? Okay. What do you do before you buy the car? You do research. Right. And then what you do, you, you do research and through the research, you figure out what exactly you want. You find out all the details, all the amenities, every single bit of it that it has before you even walk into the sale, like actually buying it, purchasing it. Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. So comparing that and and again, I'm not comparing human beings to cars or anything like that. We are very valuable, way more than anything else we have in this world. You know, human beings are the highest thing that we have in this world, there's, but there's so many bad jokes I can think of right now. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> but my, my point here is that when it comes to like mundane things, we do so much research, but when it comes to dating, where are we talking about now? Like we're life. talking about a life contract. You're literally going to, to have a contract with someone for the rest of your life. And family. we only want to get married once, at least. I'll say from a Jewish perspective, for myself, from the people that I've met, no one ever told me I want to get married a few times. Okay. Everyone yeah. wants to get married once right. and make it work. Mm -hmm. So when we walk into every possible potential relationship, Jewishly, what we do, and I do that a lot for, and I help other people facilitate that, mm -hmm. do some research. Let's find out about the person. Let's talk about, you know, they need to bring references, but I'm very, I'm, I'm more Israeli on that. So like I ask a reference for another reference. So it's mm -hmm. not necessarily what they gave me, you know, the actual person that the prospect is giving. So you get a better understanding of a little bit, you know, it's not going to give you exactly who the person is. You have to do your own homework and meet the person and figure out if obviously there's chemistry and physical attraction and all the things that are super important to make a relationship work but you're walking into something that you already know a little bit. Right. It's not just, I met someone cute at the bar. He's so hot and I totally want to date him. Really? Right. You don't even know anything about him. Right. What are you saying? I, like, because right. that, that interaction yeah. is purely based on the physical. Exactly. Only. And that's the problem. We have to have balance. I think the answer here is like balance. Right. So this is the theme that I've been speaking about for a while now, which yeah. is that you, a person needs to treat himself like a queen like the son of the queen like this like the daughter of the queen like a princess royal and how would someone who's royal you know be treated how would someone who's royal uh, date and the answer is they would really rethink before they go out with someone they'd make sure the hand pick. they'd hand they'd pick. they'd make thing. sure i i am i'm someone very important i am mm -hmm. valuable i am the and according to Judaism, you're the child of God. Like that's a real big deal. So I am valued. I'm I'm special, and I need to make right. sure that I give the real. You know, I don't just throw myself freely to anyone and everyone. That's that's going to be a mistake. You know, as a queen, you yeah. you can't do that. You've got as to really a prince. Rethink. I mean, as much as a lot of girls wouldn't want him, you know, they would want to date him, but he wouldn't go out with just anyone. I believe. When, when I embraced that principle, finally, that's when I was able to have a successful relationship with Kelly. Here like that's go. how that's that was like I like that, to hear that. I, you know, that was like in the timing of like, okay, I yeah. met Kelly, 
I'm going to, you know, take my time with this. And it's been one of the best decisions I've made, honestly. One of the best. I decisions love I've made hearing before. that. Yeah. And you know what? So tying it back to specifically, you said five dates and it's not specifically about you. It's something I hear all the time, you know, and the spending money and the it's draining. I'm exhausted. I'm like, exactly. Because you don't need to go into every relationship that comes your way just based on attraction or anything like that. Do some research. You need some help. Reach out to people who can help you mm -hmm. to make sure that you are walking into something that already has, let's say, a few percents already of success before you even started. Okay. Uh, just a little bit. And then you obviously check it out from there and see if this is something that I want. Dating focus in a focused way. That means I'm not going to use the person. So I'm trying it out. I'm checking out literally to see if they could be a good fit for me to live my life with, to wake up every morning to. And if it doesn't work out after two, three months, four months, whatever, we just say goodbye nicely. We don't have to end up in a messy situation. We don't have to. So it's that having the guts to cut off things when it's time also avoids a lot of problems and a lot of heartache, drama, you know, emotional drain, everything, you name it. I think that's, I think that's well said. I think to summarize kind of what we've been over, we've been able to dissect what makes for a successful relationship versus an unsuccessful relationship. And I think the common denominator of unsuccessful interactions in the romantic sphere, there are two of them that I could identify. One is focusing purely on the physical right off the bat. And then two is going into something without really knowing yourself well enough. And to remember that it's okay to go into this, into any relationship in, you know, when you're imperfect, because we're only going to be imperfect. As Rabbi Jack mentioned so eloquently before, it is a sin to be perfect. So when we go into something imperfect we're showing a more authentic self which allows us to be ready for a relationship and to give you that opportunity to grow with your partner which really sounds meaningful and wonderful we were we were all over the place there's a thousand points <laughs> yeah there's a thousand points to this but yeah yeah it's not a it's not a lecture so right we definitely touched on a lot of ideas yes i think the so, basics so for all the for all the men who second dating i hope this was helpful <laughs> to you uh if you are interested in checking out ashlet rabbi jack where can they find ashlet we're online all over the place. Uh, we're in LA. So if you're in LA, find us. We're in the Pico Robertson area. Um, Instagram, YouTube, just go to Ashlit. You'll find us. Facebook mm -hmm. and, and TikTok soon. <laughs> it's actually oh, coming TikTok. up. Oh, and TikTok. Okay. TikTok is coming up next Fun. month. So not for me. See. That's not for me. Yeah. But well, we have someone managing it. it. <laughs> right. Very and exciting. Sure Very that cool. happens. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Well, be sure to check out. Uh, just want to do the Ashley. arrow thing. Oh, wait. Oh, there we go. Hlit.com. There we go. Uh, be sure to check out the events. Come by any time. And we'll see you for part two of why women suck at dating. Can't wait. Shalom. Uh -huh.